Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose, going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations, going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Today we got a little solo episode. Um, I think we're going to stick with the uh, the the Jocko theme where we're reading out of uh, Discipline Equals Freedom. I think three went well last time. Um, but I'm also going to talk a little bit about what I know affectionately as separation season. Um, so let's go ahead and, uh, get into this separation season a little bit. Y'all have heard it a lot. Maybe you haven't. Um, it's pretty important. And if you listen to a lot of like motivational or not even motivational, but self-help or whatever category you want to put this into, you can, um, but you've probably heard of separation season. It's this idea that when everybody else, um, when everybody else slows down, when everybody else does the wrong things whenever when it's the time of year or the time of the week or the time of the day when everybody else uh isn't doing anything and they think that they're justified in that or they're doing less uh you're not you're getting ahead you know uh it, it's it's a pretty common theme and a lot of people use it and a lot of it's a catchphrase but to me I think it's a meaningful catchphrase uh I think it's a catchphrase that that means something um you know, <laughs> looking at, uh, I, I've, if you've been listening to this podcast, uh, for long enough, you know, that, um, me and arrogance have had struggles. Uh, I've had struggles with my own arrogance that was absolutely there. I've had struggles with kind of arrogance that has been imposed on me is in like, people think I'm arrogant where I'm simply not arrogant and it's taken people that are very close to me to say, Hey man, I think, I think you're good. Like, I think those people are just, you know, projecting or, uh, intimidated as a, as kind of a gross word. Cause I don't want to think as, I don't want to think of myself as intimidating because that'd be kind of an arrogant thing to say, but, um, I've had struggles with that. What is actually arrogant? Uh, when am I actually being arrogant or overconfident? When is my pride taking a hold here? There's been many such circumstances where I've had to check myself uh, and a lot of the improvements that I've made over the past couple of years have been in result of checking myself. Uh, and then there's been a lot of areas where it's like, uh, it wasn't actually what they were telling me that that arrogance was just confidence and that it was a good thing. And that's where, uh, I see a lot of kind of separation season. Um, I think a lot of people kind of blow it off because the people that put it out there, it seems on the outside, kind of like an arrogant thing of like, Oh, what you don't enjoy Thanksgiving or something like, <laughs> um, you don't enjoy Christmas or, uh, what are you too hard to, to have a, a slice of cheesecake on Thanksgiving or Christmas? Um, it seems kind of like an arrogant thing from the outside. Uh, and I think, think that's why a lot of people blow things like this off. And if there is any sort of theme over the next couple episodes, it's going to be why you should, why you should, why it would be almost more arrogant to not embrace these things that, that are often seen as like the pinnacle of arrogance or, um, a lot of people roll their eyes at it. And I don't exactly have the, the words to describe the psychology or the sociology of what's 
what's happening there, but it's why I want to walk through discipline equals freedom. I want to walk through the practical applications of, of that intense level of, uh, of thought or that motivational, uh, little piece of, uh, you know, that motivational note that everybody kind of rolls their eyes at. It's the same thing with separation season or you hear separation Sundays of like, why do I, why do honestly Sunday is my busiest day by far. Um, I get to sleep in a little bit most Sundays, but that just makes it busier. Honestly, I shouldn't sleep in on Sundays. I've had a back neck thing and I've gotten like three hours of sleep tops uh, the past two nights. So I didn't get up early this morning and I'm paying for it just because I'm probably not going to get to meal prep, yada, yada, yada. Um, You get it. Yeah, I'm busy. But why are Sundays probably my busiest days? Uh, because nobody else is working on a Sunday. <laughs> I'm doing things that nobody else is doing and nobody else is working on a Sunday. So I've got to work on a Sunday. Uh, maybe not W2 work. Uh, it may be some 1099 work or just working out. Um, I want to do things that other people aren't doing. And so I've got to do things that other people aren't doing. I want to achieve things that other people aren't achieving. So I've got to do things that other people aren't doing. And that's what this separation season, that's what separation Sunday is all about. Why, why do I go and work my butt off on a Sunday? Well, frankly, because you aren't, um, (laughs) that's, that's why, um, because in order to achieve my goals, it's a, it's a seven day a week thing. It's not a six day a week thing. It's not a five day a week. Uh, it's a seven day a week thing. And whoever out there is also maybe trying, maybe they want to achieve this goal that they've got in mind. Uh, maybe it's a, you know, whatever, uh, whoever, maybe wants to, or the the people that simply aren't going to achieve that goal, they're not doing what I'm doing. And that's why I'm doing it is because if I didn't do it, then I wouldn't be able to achieve that goal. Let's talk about uh, being financially independent. I'm sorry, but (laughs) you can't be financially independent at 40 hours a week. You can't. That's, you know, and maybe I was even wrong about that in the past of like, oh yeah, I can be financially independent at 40 hours a week. You can have a hell of a good retirement at 40 hours a week. If I were to honestly, I can't, I don't, this sounds like, like I'm bragging or something like that, but I don't think people really realize that at the income I'm at, at the age I'm at with the companies that I have on my resume, um, I could not do an ounce extra over 40 hours a week for the rest of my career. Um, and I could stay on the exact same track and I could retire a multimillionaire. Um, that's that is not an that is not an overstatement. <laughs> it is not. Uh, I followed if if I followed Dave Ramsey and I just coast for the rest of my life. When I get to sixty, I, w- I will have millions of dollars in the bank. Uh, where was I going with that? That's not financial independence. That's that's surviving at like a really high level. And unfortunately, in America, retiring with millions of dollars is survival. It's still survival. You're not thriving at that point. Not in America. If you look at the threshold for thriving, it's it's much higher. Um, where have I gone with it? This is a rabbit trail. Um, you, you can't be financially independent in 40 hours a week. You can't do that. And the people that aren't going to be financially independent, maybe some of them are working more than 40 hours a week, but there's nobody that's financially independent that's only working 40 hours a week. Not by any sort of stretch of, of financial independence. That's where I was going with that, is that if you really want to be financially independent, as in, it's basically F you money. Um, if you want screw you money, you have to work more than 40 hours a week. It doesn't have to be at your W2 job. As a matter of fact, if you want to be financially independent, um, 
you're probably going to have to work. Your W two job is probably going to have to suffer so that you can work outside of that. You, when I say 40 hours a week, maybe you give the company your 40, but the extra 10 or 20, 30 or 40, uh, that goes somewhere else so that you can be financially independent. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. That's why these separation seasons um, are so important because the people that you're not you're not going to you're not going to get above average results doing average people stuff. That's not what you that's not what happens. You have to go above and beyond to get above average results. And that's the idea behind separation season. Let's talk about, you know, the one that I find, well, it really, it's in all realms. Um, I'll give you a couple. Let's talk about the physical. Um, let's talk about maybe, let's do physical, let's do family, um, and let's do physical, family, and then work. So physical, uh, this is separation season, especially for physical. Why is this separation season for physical? Uh, because everybody just quits working, especially if you have kids. Um, a lot of people because school is here and extracurriculars happen. A lot of people don't get their workouts in. Um, they're too busy running their practices. They're too busy doing all that stuff. People don't get their workouts in. Uh, let's say, um, what else happens? Uh, desserts you have, let's see. Um, if you count, what is it? Labor day, uh, between like labor day, um, let's say Halloween, because that's just an injection of sugar right into your veins uh, for most people. So Labor Day, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, uh, all at least one like super big injection of calories. Most people on Labor Day get pretty turnt, get, have, they have a, a cookout. Uh, and then you have Thanksgiving, which is a super big injection of calories. And then you have Christmas Day, which is a super big injection of calories. Just on a daily basis, like what that day you might eat 4,000 to 5,000 calories. Um, a lot of people eat more than that and they just don't realize it uh, because of all the sweets. And then uh, now I said that's one day. Uh, most of you, maybe you're married, so it's going to be at least two days because you got her side and you got your side. And then you've got Friendsgiving. Uh, and then you've got all those nights that uh, maybe your kids are in a Christmas thing or, you know, sports nights to where you've got to go run to the McDonald's and all that stuff. And so uh, you're eating fast food. Um, you can see how very quickly this season devolves into just just intake as many calories as you possibly can in the name of celebration and convenience. Um, very, very quickly. Uh, football season. I mean, tailgates. I've, I've been, been known to um, sit down, watch football all day, barbecue my ass off, and eat 6,000 calories. <laughs> um, very... That is me to a T when I'm not on program. Um, if you want to achieve physical goals that are above average, you have to do above average things, which means this season to where everybody is just injecting calories straight into their mouth hole, um, you have to not do that. Uh, this season where everybody's missing their workouts because they've got Christmas this and Christmas that and kids this and kids that and Thanksgiving and um, sickness. Uh, that's another one that I hear a lot of oh, Oh, it's, it's cold and flu season. And so you hear somebody out, out, out a week for sickness, um, and then out another week for sickness because they had to recover. Um, that's one that, I mean, sometimes you can't avoid, if you're just, you're sick, you're sick. Um, I don't know whether I'm just, I'd like to think that it's because I'm a hard dude. Uh, but I don't know if I'm just lucky. I just, I haven't really gotten sick. Uh, I did get sick quite a bit when I was fat as hell. 
And I think there is something to the fact to where when I'm at peak, when I'm eating the right things and I'm working out 24 seven, uh, there's, my body is just immune system strong. Everything's strong. I'm getting vitamins, I'm getting fruits, uh, and I just don't get sick. Um, but a lot of people during this season, they get sick and guess what? They don't go to the gym for a week, even when they're not contagious. I'm not telling you to go to the gym and cough on everybody when you're contagious. Uh, what I'm telling you is that if you can get up and you can walk outside, go walk outside for 10 minutes. Um, don't do what everybody else does. When they get a cold, they don't go to the gym for two weeks. Um, it's, it's unacceptable if you want to do above average things. Um, I have gotten sick. I think it was probably this spring where I got like an allergy. No, maybe, maybe it was August where I got like this allergy, really bad allergy thing for a week. Um, I was on program. I was on phase one, could not stop two workouts a day, two walks a day, uh, went and lifted twice, you know, at least once. And then another time, um, did not stop. And it sucked. Every minute of it sucked. And my workouts weren't as good. Um, but I could not afford to do what everybody else does, which was take a week off and wasn't happening. Was not happening. Um, that's what separation season is all about. So what do you, let's talk about physical. What do you want to do? I mean, what is your, what is your goal? And that's another thing that we need to talk about is just having the ability to actually set goals, defined goals with your, with your physical in the physical realm. Um, I hear this all the time. Well, I just can't gain muscle or I just, you know, well, I go to the gym, but I just don't lose fat or yeah, I'm just going to the gym to stay in shape. To stay in shape is not a goal. Uh, and maybe, maybe your goals aren't purely physical right now. And you are on some sort of maintenance. Uh, maintenance is still a goal, (laughs) by the way. Um, if you know the smallest thing about nutrition and about working out and stuff like that, maintenance is still a goal. You still have to be somewhat objective about maintenance and you have to have defined variables. Um, define variables. That may be an oxymoron. Um, but you have to have definition to your goals, uh, even if it is just maintenance. Uh, anyway, um, what is your goal in in the physical realm in this season? Is it not to gain twenty pounds like you do every single year? Well, that's kind of a maintenance goal. Let's get on our maintenance calories. Let's track our food. Um, I tell my wife all the time, I don't care what you eat. Like I don't care at all what you eat. Um, I just ask that you track it so that you're aware that you've eaten this. Um, now I'm not the, I'm not the most perfect with tracking when I'm on program. Uh, I'm really darn close right now. I'm on program and, uh, I track everything to the 0.01 of an ounce and I'm not even kidding. Maybe. So I track it to the 0.01, but I, uh, that's not fair. I track it to the 0.1 of an ounce. Um, if my, if I say I'm supposed to eat eight ounces of chicken, I throw that on the scale and I eat no more than 8.09 ounces of chicken. Um, if it is 8.12, I put the 0.3 or the 0.2 back. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I don't mess around. Uh, and you have, you have to be like that. Um, if you really want to achieve some sort of goal, uh, especially in this season, uh, yeah, you're going to have to whip out your scale at Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, all the Thanksgiving dinners that you go to, whip out your scale say, this is what I've got to eat, um, or at least track what you eat. So you know what your maintenance calories look like, you know, if you're over or you're under whatever that may be. Um, so whatever your physical goal is, establish some of the roadblocks for that and separation season. If you want to do more, if you want to be above average, if you want to be different than the norm, 
this is the time to do that. Um, right now, you won't find me eating all the holiday BS. I didn't eat candy on Halloween. Have I eaten candy in the month of October? Yeah. Um, I'll eat a little bit of chocolate and I log it um, occasionally. Not on program, not when I'm on, uh, when I was on phase two, I'm on a different program right now, but because that was a violation of the diet is you don't get, you don't get uh, cheat meals, but um, will I eat 80 calories worth of chocolate? Yeah, I do. Um, but it, every bit of it gets tracked, <laughs> but you won't find me. Uh, we had a Thanksgiving dinner at work. I didn't eat. I didn't eat. I had my day planned out. Um, I had my, my whole day planned out. I brought butter like they wanted me to. Um, I had already eaten my chicken. I was going to eat my chicken again at two o'clock. Uh, did not even want to get the temptation of like, oh yeah, I'll go get turkey and then stand in line and pass all the mac and cheese and the rolls and all that BS uh, and the desserts and everything. Oh, it'll be fine. Nope. Nope. Did not eat. And a lot of people thought I was very weird. And it's because I was very weird. 90% of the people, uh, well, I, I mean, 100% of the people, <laughs> I mean, other than me, um, they ate and it's not bad to eat. You can do that. But what is your goal? My goal right now in this season is very, very extreme. So I have to do the very, very extreme. It's not that I'm better than any of those people. It's not that those people just don't have something. Um, it's that their goals are different than mine. And if I want to achieve a different goal than the masses, I've got to do something different than the masses. Didn't eat. Did not eat for the Thanksgiving dinner. You have to do that if you're trying to do something different. If you're trying to do something different. If you do what everybody else does, you have to accept that you're going to be like everybody else, especially in the physical realm. Don't expect to be come out of the holidays absolutely shredded. Don't expect that. And that's why, and to be fair, this is an excellent time to do a bulk season. Um, excellent time to do a bulk season uh, for all of you uh, lifters out there. Why is it an excellent time to do a bulk season? Because you can eat your carbs and your calories. Just track your protein. Uh, I see, don't do a dirty bulk. And that's what I'm talking about of separating yourself from everybody else. A lot of people will say, oh, I'm bulking. So they're going to eat, you know, 400 grams of carbs and then like 100 grams of protein. That's not how you bulk. So that's, that's not it. <laughs> um, you can eat a lot of protein. You can eat a lot of carbs, but you've got to lift heavy. Um, you can't be like, I'm bulk. You can't say I'm bulking, hit the gym for, you know, three times a week and then eat 4,000 calories a day. Can't do that. But this is an excellent time to bulk. Unfortunately, I'm cutting right now. <laughs> so um, we don't get to partake in all those calories. Um, but the whole point of separation season is to identify a goal that is different from the masses, that is different from what everybody else is doing. Uh, and you dive into that goal in this season and you win because nobody else is doing it. You're going to be the guy that gains 10 pounds of muscle during the holidays when everybody else gains 20 pounds of fat because you did it differently. Still get to have your Thanksgiving turkey, uh, still get to have your rolls and your deviled eggs and maybe even your cheesecake and stuff like that. I'm not saying those things are bad. What I'm saying is it's it's the intentionality of of making this season one of growth, not um, regression. This season for a lot of people is regression. They regress. Um, let's talk about work. Why is this separation season uh, for work? You know why? Because I guarantee you on Monday, after Monday, or especially after this next week, uh, everybody at almost any corporation is going to be checked out. Absolutely checked out. Not going to be a soul there. Um, half of the people where I work got this like early retirement deal. Not half, but a lot of them. Um, they're already checked out. Everybody's going to be checked out at work. 
Absolutely. And it happens at almost every job except for like retail people. Um, and to a certain extent, that's good. You should be focused on your family um, around this time. This is this is an excellent time for family. But also, if you're trying to do above average things at work, this is when you get to work. This is when you make all those tools that are going to make you quicker and more efficient than everybody else. This is where you get to intimately know your projects uh, without being burdened by notifications and emails 24-7. This is separation season at work. Um, you know, this is something that, uh, my buddy who does firewood, this is something that I I hope he listens to this, but, um, you know, if you want to talk about a decent business model, um, this is his separation season. Uh, this is why the firewood part of his business does really good. And maybe, maybe if he leverages it, he can use like the summer times to do something else. And then, uh, or actually, actually, let me flip this on its head. Um, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Uh, spring and summer are separation season for him. Why? Because everybody's selling firewood right now. Everybody is selling firewood right now. Um, you know who's slanging that wood and, and stacking that inventory? HK Firewood uh, in the spring and the summer. That's what they're doing. Um, that's separation season for them. Why are they the biggest in Amarillo? Because they're using their separation season effectively. Now for retail and cold weather stuff, uh, this is kind of go season. But for everybody else um, in W2 land and uh, Big Corp and Fortune 500 and all that stuff, this is separation season. Uh, Just like HK Firewood, they use spring and and summer uh, to separate themselves from the other companies uh, around. You, um, as, you know, good little desk person in a cubicle, um, myself included, I'm not, (laughs) say that, mocking myself, um, this is where you get ahead. This is your separation season. You come to work. A lot of people aren't even going to be in the office. Nobody's going to be in the office. You'll be hard pressed to find anybody in any industry, in any office uh, in the next, in the next couple months. Uh, But the people that are going to win are going to show up to the office 30 minutes early. I mean, they're going to stay later. They're going to skip their lunch and they're going to do the work that nobody else is doing right now. This is separation season most everybody's going to wait until the new financial year and all that BS that you hear a thousand different times. Uh, this is separation season. If you want to get ahead, uh, I talked about family. This is separation season. And that may not be, that may not be true. Maybe this is not separation season for family. I don't know. You could look at it as this is like where all the gains are made, uh, with family of like, Hey, um, you know, maybe, maybe the summer is separation season for family. And what I mean by that is when you, when you really want to build your family up, when everybody else is kind of ignoring their family, it's kind of hard to put family in kind of a competitive sense. Um, so maybe that's a poor, that's a poor example. Um, yeah, I think I'll trash that because that's not a very good example. Uh, what is the next one? Hmm. I don't know. Let's just do, uh, let's do work and physical and let's oh financial uh this is a really good separation season you know why because everybody's spending their money on gifts and trips um if you want to separate yourself if you want to get debt free if you've got a business right now and uh you want to grow that business or you're starting a business and maybe somebody else just kind of also started a business um you know what they're going to be spending all their personal money on they're going to be spending it on christmas and thanksgiving and all that stuff it's not going to be injected into their business separation season everybody else is spending money on all that stuff uh you save your money everybody gets a handmade gift this year (laughs) everybody gets something cheap as hell and handmade 
uh, and you stack that money away. Um, we don't travel. We're not traveling this year uh, for Thanksgiving and Christmas. We're not because we've got a kid coming. And for us, this is, we see a lot of people that struggle financially when they have a kid. Um, we want, we don't want to do that. We don't want to struggle when we have a kid. Um, if you want to do above average things, or if you want to have above average results, you got to do above average things. We're not traveling this year. We're going to try to stack cash. So, uh, financial separation season. I think you get the, I think you get the gist. Um, so this is kind of also a call to action. Uh, what are you going to do to separate yourself this season? What are you going to do? Is it, Hey, maybe I'm going to go sober through the holidays. I've done that. I think maybe, maybe I haven't. Um, I've gone sober through the summer for most of the summer. sober through the spring. Um, maybe you say, I'm going to track my food down to the point one of an ounce, uh, this season and make sure I know what I'm eating. Um, what are you going to do to separate yourself? Are you going to start working out? Don't wait till the beginning of the year. You hear it all the time. Don't wait. Don't let that new year's resolution. Um, <laughs> a lot of people use a new year's resolution and then lose two months of progress. What is What is one twelfth? Is that like, what is that? One twelfth of the year. I don't know. Math is hard. Let's say three months. Let's say December, November, and October. Um, that's what 0.25, of the year. They'll lose that just because they're going to start at the beginning of the year. They say, I'll oh, screw it. I'll, I'll enjoy the holidays and start at the beginning of the year. And they do the same thing next year. Don't do that. Find something in the physical realm, in the work realm, in the financial realm to where you can go and you can separate yourself. Uh, whether it's your athletic endeavors, jujitsu, uh, maybe a lot of people are missing jujitsu classes, uh, this season. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Go to extra separate yourself this season. So, uh, with that being said, um, I'm going to go to Jocko and I tried to fit a couple of these that would fit with the separation season episode. Uh, we're in Jocko discipline equals freedom. It's his book about different thoughts and kind of meditations that he's had. Uh, it's an excellent book. I absolutely love it. Um, let's see. This is number eight. Okay. Number eight, Jocko discipline equals freedom overcoming procrastination. Uh, people want to know how to stop laziness. They want to know how to stop procrastination. They have an idea in their head, maybe even a vision, but they don't know where to start. So they ask and they say, where do I start? When is the best time to start? And I have a simple answer here and now that's it. You want to improve. You want to get better. You want to get on a workout program or a clean diet or start a new business. You want to write a book or make a movie or build a house or a computer or an app. Uh, where do you start? You start right here. Where do, when do you start? You start right now. You initiate action. You go. Here's the reality. The idea isn't going to execute itself. That book isn't going to write itself. Those weights out in the gym, they aren't going to move themselves. You have to do it. And you have to do it now. So stop thinking about it. Stop dreaming about it. Stop researching every aspect of it and reading all about it and debating the pros and cons of it. Start doing it. Take that first step and make it happen. Get after it here and now. Um, yeah, guys, what are you waiting on? I, I, I mean, it, this is separation season. As a matter of fact, we're, we're a little late in a separation season. It's more like September. 
when separation season starts and football comes around uh, and everybody plants themselves in front of a couch. Um, get after it, guys. You know, one, one of the things that I wanted to do with this is apply it to uh, something that I've done in the past. Um, I've had, uh, well, I guess the podcast is a good one. Um, I was finally tired of talking about it. Finally tired of talking about it. And the idea, um, honestly, the idea and the kind of whole brand of the podcast um, came about in about a week. I uh, started thinking about it. I started putting things down. I started making a logo. I think my mom made the first logo, actually. Um, started getting after it. And uh, literally, I, I you can tell how much I listen and read Jocko's because get after it is primary phrase in my, in my vocabulary. But uh, started very, very quick. And then in about a week after that, I ordered a microphone. Um, and about three days after that, we recorded the first podcast. Uh, we had talked about something for a little bit, but the moment that I had any sort of actionable idea um, to take action on, I did it. Um, we started, we went, um, we go now. <laughs> and uh, it paid off a lot. Uh, businesses. Um, I've started two businesses now. Uh, one of them failed uh, drastically. Nose dive into the dirt. Luckily, we only lost um, a couple thousand dollars, uh, but didn't wait long to start it. Didn't think about it. Immediately started those action steps. Um, 75 hard when it was really presented to me, um, I had heard about it, but I never really paid much attention to it when it was presented to me. Uh, I went home, I got my stuff ready and I started the next day. Uh, and I know that's not here and now, but it was like 6 PM. And, and this is, this is within reason. I mean, you're not going to, Again, if you think about something at 8 p.m. at night and you're like, oh, now I've got to do 75 hard, uh, you'll be hard. If you uh, if you go do 75 hard uh, at 8 p.m., hats off to you. But, um, you know, I took the time, got everything set, got everything ready. I was properly prepared for it, uh, went out, started the next day, and uh, and completed it. So that's, uh, yeah, I've used this a lot. Um, now I don't really wait. Uh, I don't I don't wait around to initiate. Uh, I re I really don't. If I have an idea, we already start taking step towards it, taking steps towards it. Now I will say, uh, kind of a caveat to this. You can't, you can't get distracted. And I have that problem quite a bit to where I'll start something and I'll get distracted with the next thing, get distracted with the next thing. And I'm working very, very hard on picking one thing and going after it very intensely until I have accomplished that. And I think there's a little bit of, uh, there's there's some nuance in there to where I don't think that like I personally don't think that your one thing can be I want to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. I think that's way too far out of a goal. I think it's too broad of a goal. Uh, I think that if you sell your whole soul and everything for one specific goal, uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna do very well. I think that you have to build up um, your foundation. You have to have a good family. You have to have good moral values. You have to devote time to being a good person and to getting your physical, you know, being in physical shape, financial shape. Uh, but, um, if you have an idea, if you have something you want to start and something you want to do, uh, set that idea, uh, as number one and then start it and then do it, uh, and, and devote a lot of your attention to that, um, and go get after it. Try not to get distracted. 
I've, I've, I've suffered a little bit from getting distracted in the past. And what I do is when I have an idea like that, uh, I'll start it. So I'll go and I'll write it down or I'll initiate. And then sometimes it doesn't get worked on. Sometimes it doesn't get worked on. Uh, there's a couple different things that I started and kind of sat there. And right now I'm working on this big goal, but I didn't wait around to start that. Otherwise it never would have been started. Now I have a started project that needs completion. I don't have an idea that's never been started. That strategy may or may not work. I don't know. Um, but at the very least, you need to start. You need to take action. You need to explore that idea uh, and give it some effort. Next. Oh, sugar-coated lies. This is a good one. Um, I love this one. This one helps me a lot. Let's see. Sugar-coated lies. This is number 44 in Discipline Equals Freedom by Jocko Willing. Page 44. Sugar-coated lies. Yes, I know. I know those donuts are tempting. All those colorful sprinkles, the cream filling, the glaze, the glorious glaze. And on top of all that, they are free. Someone bought, brought them in and just left them here. Right here. Right here in front of me. Surely this must be some kind of sign. Some kind of miracle, right? I mean, food is food. And if it is free... I pretty much need to eat it. It would be ungrateful for me to say no. Right? Right? Wrong. Dead wrong. Those donuts aren't food. They are poison. Same with the chocolate chip cookies, the double Dutch chocolate cake, the can of soda, the bag of potato chips, and the pretzel wrapped hot dogs. All that junk isn't food. It doesn't fuel you. It kills you. It literally kills you. It isn't going to make you stronger, faster, healthier, smarter, or better. It's going to do the opposite. And you know this. You know you do not need any of that junk. But it's the only choice. Wrong. Unless you have gone an extended period of time without food, you don't need to eat. And you definitely don't need to eat that poison. You don't need to eat. You don't even know what hungry is. <laughs> Humans can go 30 days without food. You can make it. So. When those foods are tempting you, calling your name and enticing you with their sugar-coated lies, get angry, get aggressive, stand your ground in the battle and fight by saying no. Hold the line. Hold the line for your health, your mental toughness, and to exercise your will. Which, I promise, is stronger than that, than the will of a donut. If you want it to be. Hold the line. Uh, yeah, that's sugar-coated lies, Jocko Willink, number page 44. Uh, it is, it is intense. We're talking about donuts and it's a very intense passage about donuts and treats. Uh, this is how intense you need to be. It really is. And a lot of people, a lot of people will argue and, and say, oh, it's just one donut and you can reward yourself and yada, yada, yada. Um, and that's true to a certain extent, you know, um, I'm not in the, in the, the people that I'm not down with the people that think that seed oils are all bad or that sugar is the cause of, of all of our problems these days. Uh, it's very, very clear that calorie intake is the actual, when he says, uh, it kills you. Um, what kills you is the over intake of calories. It's not just sugar. It's not any one thing. It's not carbs. Uh, it's just the over intake of calories by all available research. Um, regardless, uh, you have to be this intense. Um, when it comes to things that, that you know you shouldn't be doing, 
that's how I look at this. Uh, you have to be this intense um, when it comes to anything. You know, he's using actual sugar-coated lies here, like donuts, like, oh, um, this is a form of sus- sustenance. It's not. There's, like, no protein in a donut. In a donut. Uh, it's all carbs and grease and sugar. It's an actual sugar-coated lie. They're treats. Um, they're good. But they're not good for you. Uh, like in any shape, way, form, or fashion. Um, to say that there's some kind of intrinsic goodness in a donut is a lie. Um, so, he's using actual sugar-coated lies here, but it translates into a lot of different things. This is uh, <laughs> This can be directly related to alcohol. Um, now, I believe that all things in moderate, you know, all things in moderation, except for maybe, you know, meth, but like, all things in moderation. You can have a beer. You can have a whiskey. And that kind of, that is opposed to this sugar-coated lies thing. Uh, and Jocko doesn't drink. And I bet Jocko only occasionally eats treats. Uh, but this should be, if you really want to achieve a goal, this should be you like 80% of the time, at least 90% of the time. This needs to be you of saying, look, you brought donuts. Absolutely not. I have a goal in mind. And that is, that. It's a lie to say that those aid my goal. That's how you need to look at things. That's why when I do my programs, I go completely sober. Um, I go 100% completely sober, not even a glass of whiskey. Why? Because it's not helping my cause. Not at all. And that's what he's saying by the fact that these are lies. Um, In no way is drinking a glass of whiskey or having a donut helping my cause uh, when I am trying to cut weight. Absolutely not. And that's the way you need to look at it is that any sort of any sort of pro as opposed to a con to these to these items is a lie. And you don't have to eat it. You absolutely don't have to eat it. And if you want to achieve your goals, you have to be this intense about it. Um, and, and, and like I said, do I eat some chocolate occasionally? Yeah, sure. Uh, I love Oreos. <laughs> you can have some of those things in moderation depending on what your goals are. Um, again, I know that's kind of counterintuitive to what Jocko is saying here, um, but I think I apply this passage most aggressively when I'm when I'm on a mission, when I'm really trying to get a goal done. Those things are sugar-coated lies, and that's the way I, that's the way I look at it. Um, and at the very least, accepting that they are lies before you eat them. Um, I don't think you should eat them, and that's kind of what the point he's making here. But at the very least, accept that they are lies. Uh, you may eat quite a few less. You know, if I eat a donut, um, maybe I'm hungry. Maybe I haven't a donut in a year. Uh, I had a donut maybe like, what, three, four months ago or something like that. Um, it was a full, like, acceptance that this is just trash. Like, this is just absolute trash. This has nothing good for me. This is a sugar-coated lie. Uh, and I'm going to eat it because it tastes good. Um, and what he's really trying to say here is don't talk yourself into, especially don't talk yourself into doing something that you know is bad for you because it's a lie and they will tell you lies. They'll say, oh, it's just a donut. And people do this all the time. Oh, it's just a donut. And especially even some of like, some of like the healthier and the fit people will try to do this. It's like, oh, well just put it in your calories. I, and I just said, I just said that I told my wife that I don't care what you do as long as you track it. It depends on your goals and based on where your goals are. Those can be lies of like, oh, it won't, it won't hurt. Uh, I mean, imagine like you can take a room full of non-alcoholics 
and you could say, bro, it's just one beer and everybody in there agrees. And that's not a bad thing. Um, but the moment that you put an alcoholic in there and you say it's just one beer that becomes the biggest, like bold faced lie and the biggest like douche move that you could do (laughs) with an alcoholic in the room. Um, it's because it's dependent on your goals. Everybody else, you know, the regular people that just want to have a beer occasionally, it is just one beer. Like for me, it's just one beer. You have a beer. Um, at that point, it's almost not even worth it. Like if I'm not going to like drink three or four, why would I even drink one? Um, but it's just one beer. If I just want to try a beer, it's just one beer. But my goal is much different than that of an alcoholic. Uh, my nutrition goal is much different than the guy that is, you know, has been in shape all of his life, knows how to maintain his shape, eats really, really good at home, and he's not really trying to cut weight right now. Um, he's just, he's maintaining. My goal is much different. And when I'm in my cut mode, uh, let's say, honestly, for me with food, I'm probably more akin to an alcoholic with food than, you know, I am just like the maintenance dude, like just a regular beer. Like for me, food, if I do break when I'm on these cycles of, when I'm on these cycles of intense cut and intense uh, nutrition tracking, if I break, I break pretty hard. Um, it's, it, it happens like that. And a lot of people will say, well, that's bad. It's it's not bad. I'm just trying to do things that are, that are extreme. And so when I break it, typically it goes into, ex- into the extreme. Um, so when somebody brings donuts for me, that's a sugar coated lie. I have to be very intense about it. I hate that donut. I hate the donut. <laughs> like it's, it's lying to me. Um, all of those feelings of somebody else lying to you, I attribute that level of intensity to the donut. Um, maybe over talking this a little bit, but, um, it really has helped me in my, in my dieting. Um, it it has helped me so much. Um, and no, I don't say, why would you bring these sugar coated lies into my office? Like you don't do that. That's, that's rude. You say, Oh, thank you. And then you just don't eat it. And when they're like, Oh, do you not want a donut? You say, no, thank you. I'm good. And you go on. Um, but, uh, as far as what goes on internally, um, I have to treat them with that level of intensity. Otherwise I'll break and then I'll eat like three or four. (laughs) Um, so very useful for me, uh, especially useful for this holiday season. If you really want to do something different than everybody else, I'm not eating, like we're not going to do the typical Thanksgiving thing. We're going to go to a friend's giving and I'm sure there's going to be desserts. I'm sure there's going to be Mac and cheese and, I love mac and cheese. Um, I haven't had mac and cheese in at minimum five weeks, if not eight. Um, and it's going to be probably three more weeks before I eat mac and cheese. Um, it's, I'm just not going to have it. Um, the desserts, not going to have it. They are sugar-coated lies. If you want to do something different, if you want to achieve different results, you got to be different. Uh, and sugar-coated lies has helped me do that in the past. That's why I've gotten different results than other people is because I look at it that intensely. Um, just like Jocko is telling us to do here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put a sticky in that. That way I can mark where I've read. I'll do that with the other one before I forget. That would suck. Okay. Last one. What'll be at 43 minutes. Yeah. We'll walk this into about an hour, about an hour. This one goes well with the first one that we did. This is hesitation, page 54. Jocko Willink's discipline equals freedom. Quotes, uh, between the acting of a dreadful thing and the first motion, 
all the interim is like a phantasma or a hideous dream. Phantasma, phantasma, phantasma. Um, that is Brutus from Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, who in the play is plotting to kill Caesar, someone he was loyal to. And Shakespeare, the master of understanding human nature, captures what that feels like. This is how Shakespeare's words would translate today. Between the acting of a dreadful thing, between the moment when you are waiting to do something that you don't want to do, quotes, and the first motion, and the moment when you initiate the action, all the interim, the whole time you are waiting to take that action, is like a phantasma or a hideous dream, is like an evil specter, an apparition, a nightmare. So the battle, the struggle, the hesitation takes place in that moment. That moment when we must step into the unknown. That moment filled with the fear and horror. And that fear is what causes hesitation. And hesitation causes defeat. Hesitation is the enemy. Hesitation allows the moment to pass. The opportunity to be lost. The enemy to get the upper hand. Hesitation turns into cowardice. It stops us from moving forward. From taking initiative from executing what we know we must. Hesitation defeats us, so we must defeat it. To win, all you have to do is overcome that moment, the waiting, the hesitation. And to do that, all you have to do is go, move, take the action, get out of bed, get your feet on the ground, step forward, do not hesitate, do not wait, go forward and win. Yeah. So, um, this is kind of similar to the here and now type thing, but it's a little bit more in the moment. Um, this is when, uh, you're dreading doing something. I always think of like, a uh, fun story. I know I did a podcast recently, <laughs> um, about, uh, why I quit CrossFit. Well, I unquit CrossFit. <laughs> um, I'm back to doing CrossFit. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do a whole episode as to why, but it's a really simple thing. My uh, work gives us free money um, to do physical things like gym membership, stuff like that. And it's like over a yearly point. It's not really a lot of money. Like I spend a bunch more money on fitness throughout the course of a year. But when you're looking at a calendar year for the last two months, it was a lot of money and it covered my two months of CrossFit. So I went back to doing CrossFit. Anyway, um, I don't know if any of you played uh, sports growing up. I'm sure a lot of you that listen to this probably did play sports and have this feeling or went to a new school or started a new job. Uh, for me, I've always gotten this like pit of sickness, um, like this, this stomach pit of uh, like almost nausea before I go and I start to do something. And I think when I was younger, um, I didn't really know how to handle that. And it, it came off in like terms of fear, I think, which probably may have been what it was. Uh, like this would be surprising for a lot of people to know that I've never really told me. I, I was very, very scared to shoot uh, guns for a long time, like big guns. I was always shooting BB guns and um, even 22s were fine. But uh, like a 20 gauge, um, I would have like I'd be like six or seven with like maybe even older than that, like eight or nine or 10, um, just like meltdown, um, not wanting to shoot the guns. And I think it was just um, in between doing something like that where there was some level of fear or uncertainty um some level where i knew i had to perform where somebody was expecting something of me something new uh i've always had this like pit in my stomach and i've heard other people that have had it 
uh, going to a new school, starting a new job. Uh, recently for me, it was going back to CrossFit. I don't know why. Um, it wasn't that big of a deal, but uh, right before I went to the gym, uh, I was like, man, I, I just don't know. Like, and I think my biggest fear was that uh, because my, my CrossFit episode was so clickbaity that maybe somebody wasn't going to like, they saw it but didn't listen to it. And instead of taking the clickbait, they were just going to think that I was an ass. <laughs> um, and so I, I was kind of like, I was nervous. Um, you could call it nervous. You could call it um, whatever it may be. But sometimes I get that pit. Uh, and it's always awful. Like, it's just awful. And the only way for me to get over that is just to go do it. Uh, like, I remember sitting in my truck before my first uh, CrossFit class back. And uh, I was like, well... And typically I'll sit in my truck for a little bit. I'll, you know, either have a phone call or do something, um, to kind of decompress before I go and compress again in the workout. Uh, but this time I was like, well, this sucks. So I just walked in and, you know, like grabbed all my stuff and walked in. Like, I don't want to sit here like this. So grabbed my stuff, walked in and started stretching. Um, yeah, you know, the other thing is if you're really not, if you really don't want to do a workout, uh, I'll, I'll go get like on the first part of the workout and I'll just be ready. Um, this, this point of hesitation that he's talking about, uh, I know you've probably all felt it at some point and it's this, this dreading of what is about to be done. Um, the only way to do it is just get it over with, um, start go right now. Um, you know, in this spirit of, of separation season, this is an excellent time to do it. Uh, because if not, you're just waiting for the new year and that hesitation is just going to eat at you. Um, I think about waking up early in the morning. Uh, you know, it's really going to suck to wake up, whether it's at six 30 or whether it's at four. Um, honestly, it's just going to suck. And the more you delay that, uh, it still just sucks that dreading of waking up. Um, you know, and I, and I gave you an excuse about how I barely got any sleep. It, I mean, it, it wasn't an excuse. It was true. Um, had some shoulder and some neck issues, so I barely got any sleep last night, but it didn't make seven thirty any easier than four o'clock would have been. It really didn't. Uh, it was honestly just kind of dreadful laying there and sleep. I mean, even though it was, you know, three and a half hours, uh, every time I woke up, I had to dread, uh, the proximity of, of seven thirty. Uh, I would wake up, which was often look at my phone. It's like, oh, well, it's six fifteen, and then wake up again, look at my phone. It's like, oh, well it's, you know, six forty. Um, I probably would have had a much better morning had I just gotten up at four o'clock. Like the moment that you get up, you wake up and you're like, man, I really hope it's not four 30. You might as well just get up like between four and four 30. You might as well just get up that, that hesitation, that dread of waiting an extra 30 minutes. It's awful. It's awful. At least for me, it is. Um, so just go, if you feel anything like that new job, um, you know, there's, there's certain ways to play a new job. You don't want to be you don't want to be Mr. You know, uh, shake everybody's hand, introduce yourself to everybody. Sometimes you want to do that. Sometimes you don't. Um, you especially don't want to like, Oh, who are the important people around here? Let me go and introduce myself to them. They can sniff that out really easily. Uh, but if you're nervous about a new job, uh, first thing to do is go meet people. Um, I like to go find common points of interest. If I'm nervous about a new job, which I've had many of, uh, I like to find common points of interest. Uh, there's a guy that I work with that uh, he's into fly fishing and relatively nervous the first couple of weeks of my new job. The moment that I saw that he liked fly fishing, instant conversation. Like, Hey man, uh, number one, that's an interesting project you got there on your computer. Uh, which is funny. He and I have that joke, but, 
Uh, he likes fly fishing. Um, so I immediately try to find common points of interest and I hit on those. Uh, and it makes me a lot more comfortable. The fact that I know that these are real people, these are people like me. Um, I don't hesitate on that. A lot of people will hesitate to get to know people at their new job. Never, because that hesitation is just dreadful. It's just awful. So guys, um, I hope you go and you take advantage of separation season. Like I've talked about, I'm taking full advantage of it, uh, doing my best to, um, that's why you'll see me, uh, you'll, you'll see a few things in the future, hopefully of what I've done in this season. Um, this, this means a lot to me, uh, to, to do things, um, that other people aren't doing. Uh, it's a big motivator for me. It's a big point of, uh, sometimes I'll just do it because I can like for me, as far as the motivation, maybe it's pride, maybe it's arrogance. Uh, but if I really want to be above average, you got to do things that other people aren't doing. And sometimes I'll just do that. I'll go to a party, even though I'm not on program, even though, uh, maybe I haven't, I haven't gone over my calories that day. Uh, I don't get, sometimes I'll just, I'll separate myself just for the reason of being separated instead of going into that party and drinking, be like, no, nah, man, I'll take this one sober just because of that extra boost that I get from saying, Hey man, you're doing something different than everybody else. You're going to get different results than everybody else. And it's not necessarily a competitive thing. It's really not. It's just a fact of the matter of if you have a life that you want to live that is in the 10% or whatever it might be, you gotta, you gotta have 10% habits. Um, if you want to be above average, you gotta have above average habits. That's not saying anything bad about being average. It's just a matter of fact. If you want to be above average, you got to have above average habits. It's the only way you get there. Uh, and this season is perfect for that. So guys, go take advantage of it. Uh, go get Discipline Equals Freedom by Jocko Willink. Uh, use those meditation. Use those thoughts. Uh, implement them in your life. And uh, go find and fulfill your purpose, guys. Um, come back here on Wednesdays for the One Flesh podcast and every Sunday for the Purpose podcast. Thanks.